Hi everyone, I'm Rosemarie Miller and we are backstage at the Forbes 30 Under 30 Summit and I have the pleasure of speaking with the CEO and co-founder, Arian Simone. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So Arian, first before we get started, how are you? I'm good. I'm, thank you for asking. Um, there's days I'm up and down, but I'm good. <laughs> so, Fearless Fun, it's been all over the news lately. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, for all the wrong reasons. And we well, for all the right reasons. We're doing amazing work, Rosemary. Y'all are doing amazing work, yes. but the attacks against you. I don't want to be biased in my reporting, but they're unbelievable. No, they are unbelievable, and I don't think that's bias. I just yeah. think that's probably the general consent or concern everybody would have. Yeah. Yeah. So could you tell us some background in the mission of Fearless Fund? Yes. As you stated, I'm CEO and co-founder of the Fearless Fund. It is the nation's first venture capital fund that is built by women of color for women of color. And we got into this space due to all the racial disparities that exist. Women of color are the most founded entrepreneurial demographic. They are just the least funded. And I was a college student at Florida a University, and though it was like 20-something years ago. I think I still look 20. Um, but yes, quite a while ago. And I was raising capital myself. And I remember what it was like and meeting business investors and having my business plan. This was before we were saying pitch decks. Mm -hmm. And so noticing that none of the investors looked like me. And I made a promise to myself that one day I was going to be the business investor that I had been looking for. And that promise looks like the Fearless Fund today, backed by J.P. Morgan Chase, MasterCard, Bank of America, Ally Bank, PayPal Ventures, Costco, General Mills, and a host of others. All of that. Mm-hmm. Just for you to have to pause it now. But what was your reaction when you realized, okay, I have to pause this because, because the grant program, what, it came under attack and the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals told y'all? Well, everything is in pause. That's yeah. one thing I do want you to be aware of. We do have more than one business at the Fearless Fund. Mm -hmm. We have our investment vehicle, and we also have our Fearless Foundation. At the foundation, that's where we deploy grants. That's where we have our education program. Um, and the program you're referring to that the judge ruled in our favor, and then the appellate court um, appealed it, mm -hmm. is the MasterCard grant. Mm -hmm. And we have a program with them that we've been running for quite some time. They made a commitment post-George Floyd to the black community of a certain dollar amount that they wanted to get out into the black community, and we're here to be a funded minister to that program. So what was your reaction when you knew you had to pause it? Um, we always knew that that was an option. We knew that the judge can choose to rule either way. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, it's always disturbing. We got into the space because there's actually a need. But I actually want the same things in, the, in this world that Ed Bloom does. Yeah. I know you're like, what is that? <laughs> a world where race doesn't matter. Okay. I want the same thing he does. <laughs> Our just way about going about it has to be different because we have to get to an equitable space before that day can happen. So how long do you believe you're going to be dealing with this lawsuit? Oh, honestly, I have no clue. That's in the judge's hands. That's in the judge's hands. Mm -hmm. I'd love to be out of it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine. I imagine. I, 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 entrepreneurs, these especially black women, they're, they're facing so many challenges with getting funding, as you already mentioned. Could you tell us some details or some stories, rather, of exact oh, challenges yeah. that you've seen? Well, we know the statistics are what they are. Mm -hmm. 
black and brown women right now are receiving 0.39% of venture capital funding while making up 20% of the U.S. population. Again, most found at least funded. So the stats are what they are. But I would like to share a personal story about somebody who happened to just slide in my DM. And she was like, oh, Arianne, I'm getting ready to pitch the fund. And I let her know. I said, oh, your business necessarily doesn't necessarily match our thesis. And she wanted to stop and just go change her business model, her, her focus, everything. And I said, ma'am, no, 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 no. I said, your business is actually, like, really, really good. Like, I don't want to call her out because her business is really good. And I'm pretty sure she's probably, like, a seven-figure earner going plus and growing. But I said, don't change anything. She said, I don't think you understand. You are my only hope. And I was like, whoa. Like, my whole spirit, stomach, everything just dropped. I'm like, people view us as their only hope. This is a problem. So my plan after finishing, we're in the middle of a fundraise now for um, Fund 2. My plan after this that I told my staff back in June, um, January, before all this happened, that I wanted to get into some policy work to make changes regarding access to funding because I don't want the next person who's black or brown to come behind and try to start a fund and they have to go through all we went through. Yeah. Just to get to the $25.8 million in a, in a concept fund, it was like 300 meetings. I don't want that for anybody. Um, so I was always going to take a moment after that fundraise and just work on changing the landscape some. And then I'm like, okay, as long as I can make it better for somebody else, I've done my part. Because the Fearless Fund is great, but we need Fearless Funds with an S. We need many people doing this in order to move the needle on no those statistics. I'm curious. She said, you are my only hope. Oh, yeah, what, that, that what, was horrible. What led her to believe that? Because I know in the world of business, you get accustomed to hearing a whole lot of no's, but all you need is that one yes. Mm -hmm. Do you think you were really her only hope, or did she just endure too many no's? Um, I think that she probably has, like many, endured too many no's. Yeah. Yeah. There are options out there, but, I mean... If you, like I said, you heard the stats. So you can just imagine, heck, look at us when we had to fundraise. Mm -hmm. 300 meetings, I mean. 300? Yeah, it took a minute, it took a minute. Over how long? Oh gosh, over about a three year period. Like it's no joke, it is no joke. <laughs> so what, what kept you motivated? Um, I knew what I said to myself back in 2001, sitting on that floor of my store in Tallahassee, Florida, in the Tallahassee Mall while I was a student. At Florida and University. Um, but I'm pretty resilient. I mean, the word fearless is not just our company name for no reason. I'm, I'm going to keep pushing. What made you a resilient woman? I grew up in the city of Detroit, Michigan, okay. and raised by amazing parents. <laughs> so yeah. that's the short version of that. Mm -hmm. I want to hear more. You want to hear more? I want to hear more. <laughs> I want to hear more. Um, the city I grew up in was about 88% African American. And I got to see black success at its finest. I got to see people who were billionaires and multimillionaires. And these were people who were reachable. We used to pay the cable bill to Barton Cablevision. We didn't pay it to AT&T. We didn't pay it to Xfinity. We didn't pay it to any of these companies. We paid it to Barton Cablevision. This was a black man who owned that company. So every month I got to see my parents pay the cable bill to this black man who owned this company. And I, it didn't empower me then. I just see how it had an effect on me later. Yeah. I saw what was possible. Man was about a nine-figure earner. You can walk down the street and go speak to him. Wow. Mm-hmm. And seeing that, that made all the difference, growing up and seeing oh, that. Oh, yes, the exposure, seeing that what was possible and what your options were, yeah. most definitely. So what three pieces of advice do you have for someone on how to be resilient? Oh, my gosh. Um, 
to pull from the child within. Because yeah. children, oh my gosh, if they want something, they're going to keep on asking until they get it. Yeah. You best believe. They will throw a whole tantrum to get what they want. <laughs> so pull from the child within, pull from the God within, um, and keep yourself surrounded with good energy and good people. Especially pull from the God with that. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining me here today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely.